Good morning, once again, <laughs> now that I'm on. Um, welcome to our Wolf Wisdom Gathering in Nature's Classroom on Nature's Path. I'm Colette Pondella. Um, this is Alaska. For those of you who just met her, Alaska is our alpha female. She's our wonder girl. She's 13 years old and she's the alpha of our pack. Paul and I have been going through some really heavy duty decisions. Um, you know, like there's things that we have to actually come together and make big decisions. You know, you have the small decisions that we're going to do next week and what we have to do about this one situation. But, you know, we're, we have some big plans and there's like a time to make some decisions about them. He asked me, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do? How do we do? What are we going to do? And the only thing that came to my head, which is the name of this talk today, is um, come up with healing solutions. Now, that was the only answer I had for him at the time because I actually don't know what to literally do in action other than reach for healing solutions for everything that we do in life. And that's the name of the talk today. So that's where this came from. <laughs> And with a 13-year-old wolf in our care, you know, I notice every single day, you know, more healing solutions for her, which is why I chose it. And everybody who, um, some of you know that she blew her knee out um, a year ago last fall. She's had two stem cell surgeries, which have been really, to me, miraculous, given the other alternative. And um, we just were introduced to a new homeopathic remedy that helps with um, tissues and building bones and cartilage. And so we're trying that on her. And for Dakota, I've seen a mark remarkable difference. And um, with her, I'm starting to notice that she does have more energy and she wants to go out and do her spring thing. <laughs> so some of you notice she's a little wet. We just took the golf cart and ran her in the park so she could get some exercise. And she went into the pool and the pond, which is really good exercise for her. So I'm not just talking about healthy solutions, though. I'm talking about healing solutions, healing hearts, healing um, past memories, healing the things that um, kind of keep us from enjoying the journey. So that's my talk, of what I'm gonna talk about today, okay? Um, Wayne Dyer says this, too often we jump to the conclusion that something is impossible simply because we cannot see the solution. No one knows enough to be a pessimist. <laughs> I love that because no matter who you are, right? If a solution isn't right in front of you, it means that you don't know something yet. So in, if you're going to just start with, it's not going to work out, how do we do this, and it's you know, never going to work, you've already lost the ability to know more. And I, I know for me I've been raised to think the worst first, right, instead of the highest good first, and then see what comes from there. Just so you know, this was a question that he asked me last week. We still don't have the solutions yet. But I know that the right solutions, the highest good is coming. That's what I know. Otherwise, we're sunk. Otherwise, we sink it before we even start. So let's not do that. <laughs> 
For some of you who haven't been here before, we start with an opening um, meditative prayer song. So I'm going to do that today. Um, so everybody just kind of relax in your chair. This is what we do. Some people say take a deep breath. I say exhale. It's okay. what I know especially this time of year I just have to look out into nature and I can see that the creation the creator of all life and everything that is beautiful and magnificent has come from some intelligent force whatever you want to call it the Native Americans call it the great mystery there's the higher power I call it God but whatever you want to know as this creative force that we are all made from every living thing and that we flow with this amazing power in and around and through us because we are made of it. We are part of it. We are connected to it. And it's all one. And I claim for each and every single one of you that your heart's desire is leading you to your divine purpose, towards your divine purpose always. You hear them how? It's such confirmation, you know, when they hear that. When you hear that as part of this message, that they are over there, but they are with us. <laughs> It's so inspiring, and that inspiring knowledge, that spark of light that is inside of you, that you are made of, as beautiful as anything that you can imagine in the world, you are as beautiful. There's nothing else that you can possibly be except part of this creation. I know it in the bones, the marrow of my bones and every cell, single cell of my body. I know it for myself. I know it for you. 
and I affirm it here and now that you are perfect, whole, and complete just the way you are. And you came here to express yourself uniquely, only as you can do, because only you in all space and time can accomplish what your divine purpose is. And no matter what anybody tells you to the contrary, that is the highest truth that you need to know. And so I say thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for all the good that is coming towards me, that is here now, that is coming in the future and into infinity. And I release these words knowing there is universal truth to them that we are all held in the hands of this grace to fulfill this purpose. And so it is. Aho, the Native Americans say. Namaste. Whatever it is, amen, that solidifies this truth in your body so you can live it. Deepak Chopra says this, not every sky will be blue and not every day is springtime. So on the spiritual path, a person learns to find this kind of happiness without needing nice things to happen on the outside. Rather, you find happiness by being who you really are. This isn't mystical. Young children are happy being who they are. The trick is to regain such a state when you are all grown up and have seen the light and dark sides of life. You know, <laughs> we have a wayward, um, um, what do you call it, the fire alarm? in your, you know, the batteries were ru running out like all at the same time. You know that awful sound? Yeah. That just incredibly awful sound. <laughs> Kemi and Chinoa think there's something in the house. <laughs> Especially in the room that it comes from. And so we changed the battery and now it's so super sensitive that it just goes off if you breathe on it, you know? And so we were, we've had a little moments, and then, of course, Chinoa and Kame are like, I'm not going anywhere near that <laughs> <Our> room. <laughs> and I bring it up because um, this, um, you know, the, it's like, a, like their safe place has become something dark and mysterious and scary, you know? And that, that's sometimes how life feels. It's like unpredictable you don't know when it's gonna go off and it's the scariest thing for them right now in our house and it's in your safe space right and we have countless times in our lives that this happens to us you know and then um, that room will always remind you of that scary noise you know those kind of things now I'm just taking a small little piece <laughs> of um, a little puzzle do you know what I mean that can create a fear that stays with you your entire life and takes your joy, your joie de vivre, takes your faith, takes your hope, takes your heart. We all have all of those kind of examples. So, of course, I'm going to do everything that I can. Healing solutions, how do I find out? How, how do I take care of that, you know? Do the best you can and then work them through the fear so that they're no longer afraid. But that requires patience. You have to have patience with them. You have to have patience within yourself. Fear is fear. Fear will block your whole life and keep you from doing your divine purpose. 
So you don't push fear aside, you address it. And you work your way through it. And you remember the stuff that you're not afraid of that can then actually fill that space where the fear exists. Steve Maraboldi says, let today be the day you stop being haunted by the ghost of yesterday. Holding a grudge and harboring anger, resentment is poison to the soul. Get even with people, but not those who have hurt us. Forget them. Instead, get even with those who have helped us. You want to change the dynamic? <laughs> Go there instead. Go there instead. Now, is your anger valid? Absolutely. Acting out on your anger in a way that will do further harm to the situation is not a healing solution. It just isn't. It may feel good at the time and it really is charging you up and you are being driven there and your whole body wants to lash out. It's not a healing solution. More damage will be done. And more damage will be done to you when you were maybe the victim of the circumstance in the first place. That makes sense? You know what I mean? Getting that out and going after it that way. I'm not saying that it's ju you're not justified. I'm not saying any of that. But it's not a healing solution, is it? It will take you nowhere but further into the depths of your sadness, your despair, the hurt, the pain that has already hurt your heart irrevocably. And yet culturally, that's what we do. The world is guilty of it everywhere. For Tessa Latifi says this, we draw maps of each other's pasts, heartbreaks colored in black, grief outlined in purple, the happiest time shaded yellow. This is how we learn about each other. We are so scared and so brave. We are so terrified and willing. We rewrite the definition of brave and it is this, love again, love again, love again. And the reason that this moves me is, you know, I always say it here, the cliche is love is the answer. <laughs> and it is. It really is. But depending on how hard you're hurting and how much you're hurting, that is not the easiest choice to make over and over and over again. We're not, we're built that way. We are not conditioned that way. And then that, to me, is what the spiritual path is all about. And when Deepak Chopra says, you don't have to work at it, you know what I mean? This is not mystical. We are what we are. The hard work is remembering all the time, is being able to take any situation and go, wait a minute, I am perfect, whole, and complete, just the way I am, and I have a divine purpose. Am I going to move in that direction, or am I going to stay in this muck and mire and be up? and triggered and have an awful, awful day in life. And anybody who comes in my past that messes with me is going to pay for it. 
this is the kind of world that we've been, you know what I mean, stirred up to be in. This is Deepak Chopra again. That's how love is. It creates pain and joy at the same time, and for the same reason, because deeper aspects of ourselves are brought to light. The openness that love brings, if you are lucky, isn't just being open to the best thing in life. You also feel like a child again, and that brings a sense of need that is very vulnerable. We are that sensitive. There is no monster in my house. It's just a, a, a noise that goes off because it's supposed to alert you to fire. It's a good thing. It's not supposed to scare you for the rest of your life in your safe space. But the wolves don't know that. And believe me, when it didn't want to go off this morning after my shower, I, I wanted to kill it. I, li I tried to turn it off 10 times, and finally I got to run in the kitchen and get a stool and climb up and take it off. And I had everything in my power while it was in my hand, and I still couldn't figure out how to open the battery thing. You know, it just... <laughs> so, that was just this morning. That was just this morning. Look at my face. I'm still in it. And it's a freaking battery. It... <laughs> <laughs> a little piece of equipment that is supposed to save my life, and I'm about to lose my cookies over it. So, of course, after it was all over, and I'm settling down, and I'm breathing, and I've got it off, and it's not beeping anymore, and the wolves are not looking at me like, whoa. <laughs> like, wow, this is the talk I'm having this morning. <laughs> If that little thing could set me off to the level that I wanted to destroy it, just imagine something bigger that people are dealing with in their lives and the triggers that just go off in us to a point where the energy is impossible, that we lose control of our tempers, you know, and then what that energy has an effect. You know, I'm not above it, I'm not below it, and the more I wear of it, it I am. I didn't break it, I wanted to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like the, the, the state that I had to be in to want to destroy it just because I couldn't fix it. I couldn't turn it off. It kept yelling at me. What, isn't that what those times in your life where it's gnawing at you and gnawing at you and gnawing at you. And all you want it to do is just shut up and leave you alone. And then, you know, you do something self-destructive or you do something destructive instead of knowing what you've got in your hands <laughs> and that it is fixable and doable. And only because I have a spiritual practice, I believe, <laughs> is because I got through it without breaking it. <laughs> Only because I know it wasn't the outside thing. It was my response to the noise and the timing or whatever it was doing to my animals. Do you see what I mean? It's like, leave us alone. It's just a noise that's supposed to save your life. It's what it's built for. Human nature is divided. It contains both darkness and light. You can choose to accept the darkness and lament it, 
or you can choose to expand the light until the darkness no longer dominates. There was a quote soon after. It was just a little, you know, that um, thing about it, the glass is either half full or half empty. And someone said, <laughs> I was reading this, someone said, you know, that's really not the point. You can always fill the glass. <laughs> You've got stuff to change the water. You can pour it out and start again. I mean, these are all the other options. But, you know, it's like so limited, even just that, that great quote that I have known for so long. Is the glass half full or half empty? Who cares? Just fill it up with what you want. Fill it up with light. Fill it up with clean. Wash it out. Get some soap and water. <laughs> Make it something drinkable. Make it something healthy. Make it something healing for you. A mind blocked by fear, anxiety, anger, resentment, or suffering of any kind isn't able to experience expanded awareness, much less pure awareness. That's Deepak Chopra, too. Henry J.M. Newman says this, and I think this is the bottom line for at least me and a lot of people I know. As soon as someone accuses me or criticizes me, as soon as I am rejected, left alone, or abandoned, I find myself thinking, well, that proves once again that I am a nobody. My dark side says this. I am no good. I deserve to be punished. I deserve to be pushed aside, forgotten, rejected, and abandoned. Self-rejection is the greatest enemy of the spiritual life because it contradicts the sacred voice that calls us to the beloved. Being the beloved constitutes the core truth of our existence. You know, part of the thing, you know, everybody sees the wolves and they say, how did you domesticate them? We didn't. We socialized them to people. That's what should have happened to us culturally. And culturally, we have been domesticated, literally domesticated, which is an evolutionary process where society tells you that you are less than until you prove yourself otherwise. And then there's a measuring stick for what that is in the world. You know, and it's, it's in schools, it's in every institution where we measure people's value based on whatever, based on success, based on education, based on the color of your skin, based on your, you know, your origin, whatever language you speak, wherever you come from, from religious backgrounds. This is the measuring stick all over the world to decide the value of people. You're inundated in the movies, in the media, everywhere else. We have been domesticated to believe that there's something wrong with us innately, especially when things go wrong that have nothing to do with you. You know? Nothing to do with you. Nature is nature. Deepak Chopra again, nature isn't outside us. It moves in, around, and through us. If you align yourself with the movement of creation, you will experience flow and ease. 
If you oppose the movement of creation, you will meet obstacles and resistance. But I describe flow in here a lot, a lot because a river just doesn't flow. <laughs> when I was younger and I was studying this stuff, it's like if I'm not in the flow, if things are just not flowing, then once again, there's something wrong with me. I've done something wrong. I'm not getting it. It's a way to, you know, uh, spiritually shame myself. Like that term. You know, how many of you spiritually shame yourself because of what's going on in your life? And I thought I was working on myself, and I guess I still don't have it yet. <laughs> right? And then I realize you watch a river flow. This is nature. You know, sometimes it's rapids. Sometimes it's still. Sometimes, you know, the storm comes and it's raging. This is what life is like. It's, that's the flow, too. That's the flow, too. You cannot judge yourself by the way the weather affects the flow any more than you can figure out or how to traverse the river and blame yourself for the storm. And I think we do that. We're blaming ourselves. For what are we doing wrong? How come the universe isn't just avalanching on top of us all this good and prosperity and money and power and influence and knowledge? You know, nature doesn't work that way. It never did. The expectation is unrealistic and impossible. You know, this goes um, back to, you know, taking it personally. You know, there's a um, book called The Four Agreements, and one of them, which is the hardest one to do, there's four agreements, but the only one I'll talk about right now is never take anything personally. Okay. <laughs> really smart words to live by, but okay. <laughs> one of the hardest things to master. Keeping your word, that's one of them. That's not hard for me, right? The others are, but the, not taking anything personally, not letting anything hurt you, not letting things slide. So Wayne Dyer, I was reading about, um, he has a book called uh, Spiritual Solutions. And um, I was reading some of the quotes, and he talks about the Buddha who was out just doing his thing and teaching people, and um, somebody came into his world and started criticizing him and telling him that he was full of it and that he didn't know what he was talking about. And every single time, the Buddha would just smile and meet that energy with love. And finally, the guy is like, I have thrown everything I can at you. <laughs> What's the matter with you? You just keep loving. What is, what's, what's that? And his response to him was, when someone gives you a gift, if they do not take it, where does the gift end up? So you may not see criticism, do you know what I mean, as a gift. But if you don't receive it, and if you don't engage in it, and it doesn't land on you, and you don't take it, where does that gift go? It's still on him. It's still on him. Right? The gift is being able to know that for yourself. And not to let that in. Not to let his truth be your truth. 
And a lot of people will tell you, well, I'm just speaking the truth, right? If it's hateful, it's not true. If it incites fear, it's not true. This is not the truth of anything. It is not real to you, even though you emotionally have the effects and the impacts of it. Because in our our whole bodies and our hearts and all the scars that we have grown up with and have been left with us, you know, those alarms that go off when someone just says the right thing to trigger that one place, do you know what I mean? <coughs> that makes you lose yourself and participate in that. This is the thing I find the hardest for human beings to do. I know it is the hardest thing for me, and I consider myself a very spiritually enlightened person. <laughs> it is the hardest thing for me to do, to lose that edge, to not let it get to me, to not do more harm when it does. And then the more amends you have to make, the more making up you have to do, the more love you have to muster, you know, and it's this vicious cycle. So now, I'm not saying I'm a bad person. I'm not saying you're a bad person because this happens to you. I'm just saying you have to remember who you are and go back to the love and pour more in that glass of what you want. It's the only answer. Wayne Dyer also says, love and love alone dissolves all negativity, not by attacking it, but by bathing in the higher frequencies much as light dissolves darkness by its mere presence. Can you do that in those moments? Can you imagine what it would have been like once I got the thing apart that I just sat down instead of rushing to get ready? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just bathe in the light of love and get that experience out of me. Now, I did the best I could because I was thinking, oh, wow, I can really put this in my talk. <laughs> <laughs> and move through it that way, <laughs> you know. So it's not like I didn't have an epiphany while I was putting my contact lenses in, but you know what I mean? It's like that's how you do it if that's how you do it, right? And then I enlisted Paul. I got ready early, and we went on, got on the golf cart and took Allie around the property and enjoyed the flowers and saw the beauty. That's what you do. That's what you do. And I pat myself on the back like that. Good, Colette, you did a good job. Wayne Dyer, activating spiritual solutions means converting inner thoughts and feelings from discord and harmony to love. You correct an error by bringing truth to it. I lost it. Once again, I lost. Why? What's going on? The truth is, is I, I was scared for Kame and Chinoa, who could barely walk into the kitchen, and I wanted to kill it for their sake. So that's the truth, right? Because it was hurting them. It wasn't hurting me. It was hurting them, my loved ones. Still destroying it, it was still not the healing solution. But if I go to that truth, most of the time when you go to the truth, it's for a very legitimate, loving reason that you are upset. 
And when you see that truth, you can go, okay, good. <laughs> you have the capacity for love, Colette. Wow. And that can let you off the hook. Do you know what I mean? Each time. Each time. But it takes some introspection, right? Not blame for the outer circumstances. It takes some introspection to find out why it was so personal to me that I wanted to kill the fire alarm. <laughs> Julia Cameron says this, you do not need to work to become spiritual. You are spiritual. You need only to remember that fact. Spirit is within you. God is within you. There's nothing to work on yourself about on that level. Amit Ray, spirituality is not adopting more beliefs and assumptions, but uncovering the best in you. That high vibration, you know? Germany can't convince yourself every day that you are worthy of a good life. Let go of stress, breathe, stay positive, all is well. <sighs> Deepak Chopra again, replace risk with certainty. You have no worries about losing control if you aren't threatened. Once you are certain about yourself, external threats don't exist anymore because threat is the same as fear, and knowing who you are is a fearless state. Who you are is the true self. Expanded awareness takes you closer to the true self, therefore fear decreases. When that happens, the issue of control lessens. In its place, you experience a state of increased freedom. Can you imagine those things that get reminded when some, I had a girlfriend, my best friend, I was 11 and she, there was an incident that doesn't matter, but she looked in the door right before we went to bed and she looked at me with this face and she goes, you make me sick. It lives in my experience like I was branded with it. Right? So we all have those moments and maybe even more that when someone has that face <laughs> someone has that energy and is coming at you with it you act like Keme and Chinoa and you leave the room and you run as far away as you can or you attack it or you pretend it didn't happen and then live with this, live with it underneath and, and outside of your awareness and it's still affecting you on a way that makes you feel like you're not in the flow. So that, when they talk about spiritual awareness, that's what they're talking about. We're spiritual beings. And the only way to traverse this world that we live in, I believe, is to become more aware of who you are and be able to access that personal awareness so you can make the most healing solutions possible in your life. And that's what's healing, is that this time it didn't get me, you know, which was on her anyway. She didn't sit down and talk to me and ask me what that was about. She just got protective. 
about over somebody else and thought I was at fault. You know, so I was accused, abandoned, you know what I mean, of something that I did not do. And that was not my intention to hurt or harm. And yet it landed on me as though I am a worthless person that needs to be punished and my best friend doesn't love me anymore. Donna Gardner says, to be creative, first we must be generous. Then we must have a quiet, indomitable belief in our own worth. Because otherwise what happens, you know? You know the generous people that keep getting more and giving more and never get anything back and then get really upset because it's not coming back reciprocally to them and then the whole idea of having a gift and a giving heart becomes obsolete, right? You give because you know you're worth it. You give because you can. You give because someone's in need. You give because that's what we're here to do with each other. Wallace Huey, you begin by serving your own needs. You journey by serving the needs of others. You end by serving the needs of the whole. That's when the journey is complete. So otherwise, you cannot burn the, the whole thing that you can't burn the candle at both ends, right? What happens in the middle? <laughs> There's nothing left of you, right? Sometimes the people who are hurting the most are the biggest givers. Because they're giving what they need, right? And you get burnt out because you've given all you have and they've gone, wow, this is great. <laughs> and then off they go onto their mission, right? And you're like, wait a minute, I gave so much to you, and now I really, I need, what, what happened? What happened? What happened is you have to give to yourself, unfortunately. That's the way it works. You cannot give everything and then not nurture yourself. You cannot forget that column. Do you know what I mean? Take care of this, take care of this, take care of this, and then this one is like, okay, I got to go back and take care of this <laughs> first. And somebody over here needs this, and I got to go do that. I got to pay that bill. I want to go take some time off. Nope, I've got to fix this. <laughs> I've got to do that, right? That column cannot be left empty or it becomes full of resentment. It becomes full of anger. It becomes full of tense feelings. It becomes full of, um, you know, why is it worth it? And what about me? And the only person who can answer the what about me question is you. As fair or unfair as that may seem, it is the truth especially as an adult. Now, for Lily over here, that's not possible, right? And yet, she can say, I need this, right? And we need to teach our children to say, you know what? I can't do this right now. I need this. 
So you teach them to take care of themselves too. So they don't grow up like us, giving everything away and no place to nurture themselves. Do you know what I mean? And constantly giving, right? Being conditioned to giving only and taking it all in. And then we have some people subservient to other people. We were reminded that, you know, really successful, wealthy people pay themselves first. Not only that, their role is use other people's money. Right? You know, they don't even spend their own. <laughs> now, I'm not saying, to me, that sounds, oh, my God, that is so bad. Right? That is not humane. Right? Maybe they've got something there right? Pay yourself first. Make, give yourself the first worth. Especially since we're living in a monetary world, how are we going to exist otherwise? So if you pay yourself first and make yourself the most important person in your financial world, that's the spiritual principle behind it, right? That you pay yourself because, not because you're more worthy than anybody else, but because you're worth it. Because that's what's going to tell you, wow, I'm worth it. So is the electric company more important than you? Every time you write that check and not write yourself one, yes, that's what happens, right? We become slaves to our bills. And then we go spend more to make us feel better, some outside trappings to make us feel better, you know what I mean, so that we feel better about life rather than really knowing who, the truth of who you are. That's just a tool, a financial tool to take what I call my heart's desire. I have an envelope that's my heart's desire. And I decide how much of whatever comes in, no matter whether it's nothing, 10% goes into that envelope. Now... Sometimes my heart's desire is to feed this family. <laughs> so out comes that heart's desire money. But I have it to fulfill that need, right? I literally have an envelope. Mary takes care of it, too. <laughs> and I draw a big, every time we get, you know, the, through the folder, I draw a big red heart on it. And it's called heart's desire. And whatever I can, I put in there. And some of it goes to a bank, and some of it goes to presents from my husband. You know what I mean? And sometimes it goes to very needed groceries. But it's there. And it makes me feel good that I have that envelope. As minimal as it is, it's telling me that I'm paying attention to me and that I have value considering everything we do is nonprofit. You know what I mean? I stand here to give what I know. And in order to get back and to nurture myself, I have to do that. It's not your, it's not up to you to nurture me. I have to go, I am doing this and I have some value. And this is what I want to do. So it's a big twist for people who think there's, there's never enough, right, to give yourself a 10% envelope. You know? And sometimes, even if it's 5%, isn't that good enough? 5% just to stick away, just to go to breakfast <laughs> these days at a diner. Oh, my gosh. 
it's a lot of money to eat breakfast out today. So, you know what I mean? But it's a treat that I saved for. So that my heart's desire, if I want those bacon and eggs and that omelet, that I can go have it, right? <laughs> Luis Alberto Urea says this, there is a minute in the day, a minute for everyone, though most everyone is too distracted to notice its arrival, a minute of gifts coming from the world's like birthday presents. A minute given to every day that seems to create a golden bubble available to everybody. Now, I'm lucky. Uh, beauty surrounds me everywhere. Beauty surrounds me everywhere. And sometimes I see, you know, but it becomes part of your world, you know what I mean? So you just kind of pass by it, you know, and don't choose to go enjoy it because there's another task to do. But um, I, was, uh, I was working on our side enclosure, you know, where we meet all the wolves and everything, and I was washing it down, and I noticed these blackbirds flying back and forth from Freedom's enclosure underneath his um, overhang, you know, that protects his eyes from the UV rays. And um, these two blackbirds, have, they're building a nest in his enclosure. I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> But they've chosen his spot. They're taking his hair and they're picking it up. <laughs> they're flying in and picking up Wakan's hair and moving it over into this nest. And then the next day I noticed that like there was this big pile of nests. This is the stuff that gets dropped. It's like falling inside this little archways, you know what I mean, where the, the, the posts are built and everything. So the nest is about this big and all the droppings. And then I'm like, wow, all that work. Dad, it's not even going into the nest. And you're seeing how much it's happening. And daily I watch the one female, obviously, because she keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and fatter and fatter and fatter. And those eggs in that nest, you know what I mean, are very coming soon. And, of course, I'm just hoping that, you know, they stay safe. You know, the birds that, you know, will be born in that nest. But it was so funny to see this big wad of nesting that didn't make it. Like, the, the, the stuff that didn't make it. Talk about our job's hard, right? Piece by piece in your little beak, you know? And they're going to have a nest, and they're going to have their eggs, and they're going to do their divine purpose. And a lot got lost along the way. A lot got dropped along the way. A lot got you know, spread in the wind along the way. But those two birds, those, that pair, are doing their best to, to do and execute their divine destiny. I don't think they go, wow, God, I really worked hard to get that twig. Now it's on the ground. I got to go get it again. I don't think they think about, you know what I mean? They just make a nest for their babies. That's what it is that they're there to do. Dr. Lipping Fen says this, love is the first principle of life, the source energy of all creation. So to accomplish anything, love. Breathe love, act love, give and receive love, and be love. Anton St. Martin says this, you are one thing only. You are a divine being. 
an all-powerful creator. You are a deity in jeans and a t-shirt. And within you dwells the infinite wisdom of the ages and the sacred creative force of all that is and will ever, ever be or was. Now, I say that and I have chills. You know those God bumps they talk about, right? Down into my legs. Because I know there's universal truth to that. I say it and I open it every single Sunday that I do this, that that is the truth of our beingness. Now it's up to me to constantly remind myself and remember that through the walk that we do in the life when we take the step out of this place where we're getting it right now and embodying it, you know, that you remember in those times where it looks like it's all for naught and you're hurting, that you remember that. Can you really believe and accept that you are a divine being in jeans and a t-shirt? A skirt and a blouse? You know? I know it's true. I know with all my heart it's the truth. And there should be nothing else to be said besides that at any other time or any moment in our lives except to just sit with that knowingness and take it in and let that light and that vibration wash over you and be your whole being. Always. Always. Oh. Anyway, so I chose this song today. Um, ah, it's the judge. Love can build a bridge. It's one of my favorite songs to sing. If you know it, sing it with me.
Go by Nona. <laughs> Naomi. <laughs> Benedict Smith, never forget you have value. You are worth time, worth energy, worth worship. Your delicate enhancements are a holy wine, silver aura of my moon, song of my air, my afternoon shadows, my divine messenger. The literature of stars is in your very pores. Can you only imagine if we felt this way about ourselves? Um, what kind of world we could create and live in if we carried that into the world. So, wow. Namaste, everybody. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me here. Mm -hmm.